2: Welcome back to another episode of Money Honeys, where we, Freddie, Chantel, and Devin, talk about money and how to make more of it, with as little effort on the back end as possible. We use this term all the time, passive income. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. before we get started, ladies, how are you? How's your week been? How are your pockets, Devin?
1: My week has been really good. Good. It's been great. I finished a show on um, Friday, Ooh. which I'm very excited Ooh. about. It went well. Then Patrick surprised me because I had missed a couple vacations this year. So he surprised me on a trip to Big Sur, which I had never been to Big Sur before. So cute. I've seen how the other half live, y'all. It's beautiful. I will say my pockets are feeling good, but my finger is feeling pretty heavy. (laughs) Ah!
0: Devin, <laughs> I had a feeling. <laughs> oh my god!
2: No, you lied. Sorry, Robin, that I screamed in your ear.
0: <laughs> oh, oh. Dev.
1: Literally, when
0: you're like, I'm going away. Oh, don't cry! Like,
1: don't you cry?
0: Here, I'll come. I'll <laughs> come
1: close to the camera to show
0: Sean. Yes. Oh my god! Wait. Oh, Dev, it's so pretty. Yeah. Oh my God! What
2: you really surprised you on the podcast? Yes, surprised you yes. too. Oh my gosh, listeners, we had no idea Devin really <laughs> held this secret. Literally, so I'm happy on, for you. Thank you. I'm on.
0: I'm on Zoom because I'm. Oh, you're, yeah, you're salty about that. And and I just heard my fingers feeling a little heavy. I was like. Did you hurt your finger? Yes. Yeah. Did you? I was like, I don't see a bandage. A little sprain? Like, what? What happened? Deb, this is so exciting. Is, oh congratulations. my gosh. I, I had a feeling. Did you? Yes. When you were like, Pat and I are, are going away for the weekend. I was like, oh, he's going to do it. It's perfect timing because it's like pre-holiday pre-birthdays mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because your birthday often gets usurped by the holidays sure does and so i was like this timing is perfect that we can celebrate this and you you both always see your families over the holidays and so i was like oh you'll get to like celebrate with everyone Yeah. Was, Yay! how are you
1: feeling oh my god it was really overwhelming in the moment you know did you have any idea I had some idea it was coming, but I didn't know if it was going to happen this trip or when we went back to his place or my place, you yeah. know, for the holidays. Um, and then the morning of I kind of had an idea because he was really excited and kind of nervous. Um, but it was perfect. We went to a, a place up in the Redwood Forest. So essentially like Fern Gully, like I think that kind of ecosystem. And we, he, we were walking around the Redwoods and he pulled me inside of a, a hollowed out Redwood that was huge and got down on one knee. And then the story of the ring is I had we had seen this ring on Instagram back in May, yeah, and I had fallen in love with it. We both had, yeah. And then one day I kept checking the listing, and then one day it was gone. It was sold, and I was really sad about it. And I went and took a nap, and Patrick woke me up, and he was like, "Why are you? Why are you okay?" And I'm like, "I don't want to talk about it. I feel stupid." And he's like, "Tell me." And I'm like, "Well, oh, the ring got bought, and I, you know, whatever." <laughs> and he was like, "Well." I don't want you to feel bad, but I didn't get that ring for you because I got you another one. I already have the ring. I didn't know you were gonna love it. So this entire time, I've been thinking there was another ring, and then and he,
2: it was the one that you. Mm-hmm. I oh. just my heart, oh. my heart is fluttering mm-hmm. everywhere. It was
1: really, really beautiful, and so now I'm engaged.
2: Yay! it's just like oh, mm-hmm. have you been saying my fiance?
1: No, that feels weird. We've been saying my (laughs) fancy boyfriend. My fancy boyfriend. My fancy girlfriend. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fiancé feels weird, didn't it, Shanti? for you when you guys were engaged? No. You, oh. no. She's like, I'm rich. <laughs> She's like, I like French.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like f- saying fiance was was so fun. I mean, I think for me, it was also nice that it was like kind of a genderless term. Mm. And so it, it, it was fun to just like be able to say it and not have to like like worry about, about like yeah, yeah, gender yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. But, but being being engaged was like really, really fun. I'm excited for you. Yeah,
1: so we're, we haven't put it on social yet. Yeah. I wanted to surprise some friends yeah. in person. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, Ice
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> cream. Oh, yeah, you did. You did I it so much. I'm so happy for you, Dad. Thanks. Thanks. Eight years. Perfect. Big Sur is like mm-hmm. eight years in the making.
1: I know y'all think I rushed into eight it.
0: Years. <laughs> now, are you sure it's not too soon, right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Never let go of your dreams, you Devin, <laughs> know. Devin did it. She did it, y'all. Nailed it. Yeah, it took eight
1: years. That's why, like, if any girl falls in love with Pat, you know she's falling in love with me. Because I, this has been eight years in the in making. making yeah. Eight years in the making. So, like, if you think you're in love with Pat, honestly, try me. Yeah. Circle back. Truly. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: my god. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh,
2: well, congratulations, Devin. Thank Thank wow, what a way to step. My week... I, I, I'm not talking. I'm
1: not talking. Shanti, you get <laughs> engaged again.
0: <laughs> Imagine. Uh, no, I've been working a lot and I'm sick. Oh, but no. I don't, I, <laughs> but I let's I, let's end on that. I know. That, okay. What, what I think a beautiful we should. update. I am so happy for you. Thank you I love it so much. Yes. I really am. yes, yes, yes.
2: Well, life has been pretty mundane yeah, Fred, for me. Yeah, tell me about you. But I will say I've been poking around, watching some YouTube videos, doing some light research okay. on how to lease commercial property.
1: <gasps> so you bought a house and you're like, yeah, I need
2: more. I need more. I, need more I do. Space. I do. You guys, it's my dream to buy to or, excuse me, lease commercial property. And I would love for it to be a video studio, uh, photography studio and also an event space. Mm hmm. That's something that I feel pretty passionate about. And I think that it would be cool just to have my own because with DJing, with like being passionate about throwing my own events and my friends and close, you know, DJ friends also being able to throw their own events It's hard. It's hard. Like the politics of trying to get into a venue in L.A. amongst all of the different, you know, people who have been around and who have these relationships already. Like, it's very difficult to get good spots and good slots. So I just really want to have my own. Y'all know I don't like authority. Mm -mm.
0: (laughs) And (laughs) your space would be dope. (laughs) It'd be like the premium space in L.A. Yes,
1: The water Voss water in the, in the fridge, it's, I can see it can already. You, can you feel it? <laughs> you I get can the vibes. feel it, the comfiest couches. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> all in all,
2: with all this like commercial real estate talk, like I actually met up with a friend of mine okay. named Keanu. I think y'all both know her. She worked at Buzzfeed and Tasty. She leases two studio spaces, kitchen studio spaces in downtown LA. No way. Like commercial leases, so she rents them out and all of these things. She's actually had some really big major clients use her space and she's really been quite successful with her co- commercial leasing and being able to really make a, a business out of it. It really is a small business huh. for her. So before we jump into that though, I wanna see how much y'all know in this lane of commercial leasing. Okay. A quick game of true and false.
0: Okay, right. are y'all ready? I yeah. also, I, I've shot at Keanu's stage. Oh. I, I, I shot at her studio. Oh yeah, you did. No way. Yeah, I shot I shot there last year. It was like a it was beautiful like that because we it was a, a branded project that I was directing for attention in Hulu. And we had like toured some other stages and it, they were just like grody.
2: Mm.
3: It was
0: just like we do not like I don't want to shoot here. And also the spaces weren't like kind of like flex enough to be able to make it work because this particular shoot it was like five locations that we were trying to all get within one, one. studio yeah mm-hmm. and her her studio was pristine and it just like had everything that we needed to where like okay let's turn this green room into a hair salon let's turn this one kitchen set into kind of like dining room plus kitchen set let's turn you know wow. so she, yeah her place was her place was great, she yeah,
2: she really she really put her foot into the design and she did all the design on her own. Wow. Like she's very mm. very good, very talented. Um, so I'm and I am curious as to what type of commercial lease she did take out or mm-hmm. she she used because I didn't talk to her about that. Um, but there are a bunch of different types of commercial leases. but to simple to simplify things and to get to the bare bones, we're going to talk about two types to start, okay true or false a net lease benefits the tenant more than the landlord
0: false
1: i don't know why i'm gonna commit to it though
0: False. i have no idea (laughs) i have absolutely no idea i will do true just so that we can have two separate answers here's my logic okay nets
1: catch things okay and i think that a landlord is going to want to catch you you know
0: Mm. Yeah, that's my logic you, that you get it. It works, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and my logic is just opposite of what Devin said so that we have variations, variations. <laughs> Devin you are
2: correct. Ah.
1: It is false. Context clues. Nets catch yes. things
2: So true or false a gross lease benefits the tenant more than the landlord So true.
1: No, wait. Yeah, true.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true And then true or false, a modified gross lease is a balance between a net lease and a gross lease. True. Yeah, exactly.
1: So this was pretty easy. Wow, we're learning so much. Yeah,
2: so pretty much gross leases are when the landlord gives the tenant pretty much just a flat rate of rent. And then the landlord handles all of the, you know, electricity, lighting, all the utilities, any building, you know, infrastructure type things. Mm-hmm. Like the the that is the landlord's responsibility. And the tenant kind of can just like hang out and just pay that flat rent rent rate pretty mm-hmm. much. It's pretty much like the utilities included. Mm-hmm. Um net lease is the opposite, or kind of the opposite. There's like a set amount that the tenant has to pay, but then they're also responsible for other utilities to the at the discretion of the landlord and then the last option
1: wait okay so does that mean that say the air conditioning breaks does that money come out of my if i have a net lease do i have to pay for that the air conditioning it's even though i don't own the space
2: yeah it depends on what the terms are so Ooh. it's like if you if so if, if like the ac breaks if like heating and heating and cooling is under is that. under the utilities or under that, then yes,
1: I don't like that. But
2: sometimes it can be like like for for example, the uh, modified gross, it can be like you only pay for water
1: mm. and mm.
2: electricity, and then the the landlord can pay for like anything broken or infrastructure issues. So then gotcha. it's kind of like a, a split, and like you kind of just like. What's the word? You negotiate. Okay. You pretty much negotiate. And there's like a lot of, negotiate, a lot of negotiation that goes into commercial leasing. So, oh, okay. But there are, there's so many other different types of leases. Like when I was researching, I was like, there's like 10, 11, 12 different types. No way. And so this is pretty much the bare bones of like really what can just get you like Acclimated to the idea of what a commercial lease can look and feel like if you decide to go down that route. Okay, we're gonna bring Keanu into the stew to talk building her business, the branding around it, and expansion after the break. After the
0: break. (laughs) Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when
2: you discover a new track that
1: just speaks to you? Yeah.
0: When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cut off. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: Welcome back. We have Kiano Moju. Did I say it Hi.
3: correctly? You, you make my name sound very foreign. French? I mean, yeah, it's, I think technically it's Portuguese. Oh, um, Keanu which, Moju. Mo- I don't know how they say it. How, do, do, you say how it? do you say it? I say Moju. Moju. Okay, okay.
2: okay, okay. okay. <laughs> You've <have> fully <laughs> anglified yeah, yeah, the name. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Welcome back. We have Keanu Moju in the studio with us, and we are so 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 excited. Thank you for being here. You're the best. Mm-hmm. I you are like a role model to me, truly. Oh, stop so, it. I,
3: I overheard the word gross lease and triple net, and I was like, oh boy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, again, Keanu worked for Tasty at BuzzFeed, and now has her own studio kitchen, too, actually, uh, for kitchen and cooking productions but also event spaces as well. She has quite a few, she's had quite a few big name clients run out her space, including Netflix and Masterclass. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Wow. No, I
3: didn't sign any ideas, so Okay.
2: <laughs> big business. Yeah. I'm like grinning just thinking and talking about it because it's so inspiring, especially as someone interested in this line of work, which is me. So welcome, Kiana. Oh,
3: <laughs> thanks welcome. for having me. It, it's funny. I, I'm very much loving my bubble of studio daily and so it's fun to talk about it because I'm just I'm in it I live there basically yeah and I don't but I feel like I do I mean you kind of do as part of your soul resides there I feel like part of my soul part of my skin brick brick walls I scratch myself daily
1: Um, (laughs) the DNA (laughs) yes right it's all over the place oh we love it Oh, but exposed brick. We love that even more. (laughs) No, it's it's nice.
2: I was just about to say, I love me some exposed brick. Our
1: Mm -hmm.
3: building's old. It's from like 1907 for like L.A. is ancient. Nothing in L.A. is that old. Yeah, It's cool being in like a historical building. Have you done your
1: research about like who used to live there or what used to go on there?
3: So back, I don't know about the origin Mm -hmm. building, but it used to be a distribution center for Anheuser-Busch.
0: Oh.
3: Um, Then it was a bag company. Mm -hmm. And then... It was latest converted into, like, creative artist loft spaces, which it kind of is now.
1: Cool. So Nice.
2: And has bush.
1: Hell. We love beer.
2: Yeah.
0: A little beer moment. Have y'all
2: seen that um, tweet that's like, <laughs> she's beautiful until she orders a beer. Then it's like, okay, handsome. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I just
1: oh yeah okay. okay i see you
2: handsome wow <laughs> i
1: need to find that one yeah i'll send it to you um, Ooh, oh yeah, suddenly she has muscles right?
2: okay <laughs> a beer all right i'm into it so Let's let it, it, it be an
1: ipa <laughs> <laughs> anyway
2: fred's a beer gal i love beer mm-hmm. i do mm-hmm.
1: anyways hi hi chantal you're over there laughing at us <laughs> we miss you. hi it's devin's line right Oh fuck me! Yes. Sorry. Ha. <laughs> Super excited to have you on with us. Okay, so can you got Can you kind of give us a loose run of who you are, mostly where you grew up, and your relationship with money? Because it's nice to have context. Oh, relationship with money. Mm-hmm. All right. So I grew up in the Bay Area, Oakland, okay.
3: California, to be exact, not San Francisco. So very clear. E forty. then. We like him.
1: Okay. We respect him. <laughs> pro E40. Um,
3: we're pro E40. We're pro hyphy movement mm-hmm. and love all that. the shenanigans at a company. Um, got you. I think the world will learn to respect them in time.
1: Yeah. Oh, do they not? Do we not
3: respect um, them? I, I thought it was cool until I went to school on the East Coast and people try to use it against me. Uh, They're like, oh, you're from the Bay? Does that you like- mean you get. Hyphi on the weekend. <laughs>
1: You're like, what's my favorite word? <laughs> Bitch, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. It's
3: fun. It's a fun part of California. It is. Um, relationship with money, it evolved over time. I'm I think it's first generation. Both my parents are from Africa, dad from Nigeria, mom from Kenya. Um, parents of very different family backgrounds. Oh. Um, my paternal family, everyone, like my dad used to be professor at Berkeley, has his own science lab company um and my mom comes from ranchers cattle ranchers so very much farmland came to america and you know very american dream worked her way up at the city of oakland as a temp and then retired there as a cfo so hey wow she's the one you guys need to have on here
2: honestly i'm
3: Oh my I'm god! I'm taking notes
2: for the for the next so episode. So the incredible.
3: relationship and experiences changed because you know it's it's a American story from coming in very strong education background to help build up, um, and then just like working her way up the ladder. And as she worked up, you know, like a little bit more space in the house, a little bit. I'm like, oh, I'm like this car for school now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it changed a lot. Um, from I'd say most significantly when I started high school you felt the difference It's like and well you- high school is the first time we had a house from like apartment life to like actual single family home yeah that happened midway through high school so the relationship has shifted over time mm-hmm. but I also spent every other summer break in Kenya so on the ranch I have a very traditional Kenyan Messiah family the home we had was made of the land you know Get the sticks, coated in mud, create the walls. And so lived between a couple different cultures and seen the variants of different way of life. Um, but like Freddie, I'm also
2: I, I like nice things. Mm. I called her bougie the other day. She said, I don't know if I'm bougie. there's a spectrum, there's a scale and a spectrum.
1: <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being bougie here. Um, without- I'm
3: I am a farm girl who likes
1: to be comfortable. Yeah. I, it's giving, like, uh, the Parent trap kind of farm girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You have a vineyard. You're not afraid to get your hands dirty. <laughs> yeah. But then you want to go by, lay by the pool. Exactly, that There yeah. we go.
2: Tootsie. I love that so much. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of my language. Uh, so, obviously, we all worked at BuzzFeed and got a good sense of what makes a good studio space and what makes a bad studio yeah. space. Did you always know you wanted to eventually expand and run your own operation? Or did that come a little later?
3: I actually had no career ambitions to work for a company.
0: Uh, Yes. Correct.
3: Snaps. it, It was not in my cards. I used to be that kid. I'd visit my mom at work.
1: If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. But participating McDonald's. Um, and I'd be
3: like, "Mommy, I'm never working in a cubicle." the idea of it, but I was like, "This isn't for me." I would I would walk into offices and be like, this isn't. A, I never imagined an office would be a space that my adult life would entail, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's because I saw a bunch of different types of jobs. My grandparents, you know, they have a farm, so their work is outside, and my dad is a scientist. He had a lab. My mom had an office, so I grew up seeing that work could take place in many types of spaces. Mm-hmm. The space didn't have to be desks and chairs. Um, at the time in the 90s, I don't think this open floor plan we had in BuzzFeed really existed outside of maybe like um, what is it like the telephone to people who had oh, yeah, like call centers, call yeah. centers. But you know everyone had a cubicle back then, so the cubicle was what our open desks were at BuzzFeed. Um, but I never dreamt that would be my adult life. Maybe it be in a kitchen, um, but I was living in London doing my masters in publishing and I wrote, I'm so nerdy, I wrote my thesis on the rise of digital
1: food media. Oh, you were before your time. Right, uh, what year was this? This was
3: in 2016, I graduated in 17 and immediately I interviewed for Buzzfeed while living in London and got the job at Tasty thereafter. So from that thesis, it was my professor who was like, I know you came here with the missions and want to start your own business and that, but I encourage you to spend at least a year Working for one of these companies you talked about in your thesis, get your feet wet, experience it, you know, in real life, not just on paper or the internships i done, and then go start your company. And so that's what I did. I interviewed and applied and got the job at Tasty. And then after my first year, um, I started looking for a studio space and... Actually, one of those pieces I saw is the one that I'm currently in right now. She said,
1: "I have one year.
3: Yeah,
1: I, I, I know. <laughs> I see. I can see what you guys are doing wrong here.
0: Yeah,
3: I, 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 I was there for two technically. Um, best people catch you like that. But mm-hmm. after one year is when I started looking.
1: You were like, I, I see y'all. I, I could do this
0: yeah. myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, I love this. Me so too. Right? That feels like such good advice too, because it's it. I mean, and. You can tell us, but I I would just imagine that there would be so much that you learn kind of while on the job and Mm -hmm. getting getting your feet wet in a space as expansive as BuzzFeed. So even seeing how multiple types of productions can utilize one set Mm -hmm. must have been kind of cool.
3: Definitely helpful. I mean, my professor Um, Bless him. His name is Desmond O'Rourke. He just passed earlier this year. Mm -hmm. But it was really sound advice he gave me, Um, you know, being the experience. But I think part of why I ended up not going that first year is it's also easy to feel like there's more to learn. Let me stay. There's more to learn. Let me stay. And I'll tell you from having now run the studio for three years, there will always be more to learn. So don't wait. And don't have, also have it be something that like procrastinates you like, oh, I don't know enough yet more experience because the majority of learning will be on the job. Yeah. Um, and I came in opening Giaconi knowing one portion of the industry. And as soon as the difference with having a business versus working for a company or even freelancing is you literally have opened your door physically in this case for people to find you and approach you. Um, and that's when I learned how vast uh, the industries were that could use such a space on just us creating digital media, the infomercial world, the commercial world, television. Um, the USDA is one of my clients because the government wants to educate about food, too. So you're still limited of what you can learn and experience being in-house for a company because mm. they focus on what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you still kind of got to jump the gun and get out there to experience those clients in the physical space because that's when you'll do most of your learning. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Okay, Keanu, there's so much to talk to you about in regards to like this line of work and having this space, but let's start from the beginning. Mm -hmm. How did you fund this endeavor? Like, did you have a budget in mind for how much you were willing to spend per month on top of the rent that you were paying for your actual home? Like, how did that go?
3: Yeah, so the budget was set Um, in a very simple way. I was freelancing for a bit before I opened the studio uh, while looking for spaces and uh, mostly as a culinary producer, food stylist. And the idea with Gigoni was, and still is, this is my primary workspace where I can do my projects, be it personal, you know, my recipe development testing or for my clients. And then when I'm not using it, other people can rent it and use it too same as like a photographer who owns a photo studio you're not doing photo shoots every day when you have a shoot it's your space when it's not your shoot other people can use it for them and so my budget was set at two clients a month based on my day rate if I got two clients every month could I afford the rent oh that's so smart and that's how I picked how much (laughs) not a lot of budget um that's the idea like I read in grad school the lean Startup. Think it's a fantastic philosophy even though I feel like it was really for the tech industry, it doesn't matter you have to it's a new product. kitchen studios aren't a very it's a very niche you don't have to work in the industry to know that is a very specific thing to do. Mm-hmm. wasn't very common here in LA I was living in London where it's more common. Um, it's common in New York because those are cities with very small space. So if you are any company producing that content, you're not gonna spend the money on the real estate to sit there. of the month. You're just going to rent it when you need it. Um, L.A. is a bigger production market. People were shooting in houses. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't know if it would work. I didn't know if there would be clients. So I was like, I have clients right now. They're still here. Um, And we're shooting in these random Airbnbs and apartments. So if I can get those clients to those projects every month to shoot at Jaconi, rent is covered and we're good. I wasn't even worried about making profit at the point. I was like, can I cover the expenses? Yeah. and so that's kind of how I sum my budget.
2: All right. So how much, how much, so also, too, when you were going into shopping around and looking for spaces, like, what type of space were you looking for? Like, paint us a picture. And do you feel like what you ended up with is what you had in mind?
3: Yeah, so a lot of what our studio is, it's not like a, um, a small, close set. It's the whole space. The whole room is the set. And having come from London, I kind of had an image in my mind of what those studios are like. It's England. Everything's much older, has texture. Um a lot more homey. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the kitchen sets I was seeing in LA were leaning more contemporary,
1: modern, moderns.
3: Yeah, all that stuff. I call them Kardashian kitchens. Yeah, I, I like that. And I, by saying that, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> um, and that was so. I was really thinking. I'm like, I learned about this business in England, and that's kind of what I modeled after. So, set to you know that contemporary English kitchen, um, which needed an older building with texture and all that stuff. Um, but also price point. Every neighborhood in a city has its own cost. And at the time, the arts district was the only area I could afford that also had the aesthetics of, you know, we have these like aged brick walls and exposed beams and like old wood floors, um, which were very reminiscent of what the spaces were like in London. But also it wasn't poppin'. In twenty nineteen, as it is now, mm. um, so I could actually afford places there. Everywhere else I looked was at least double the price for price per square foot. So I really honed in on that neighborhood. Kept seeing places, um, talking to realtors, like, "What else do you have?" Until I refound a spot I found a year before. You refound it. Yeah, I couldn't find it um, again because when I first saw our current studio, it was on Craigslist for sublease.
1: Got you. So it didn't fit the bill exactly.
3: It was, I mean, I guess it just the Craigslist post was gone, so couldn't refind it and I didn't mm. write down the address. I just like called the guy. Um, he, it was an art gallery. He had another gallery in a different part of town, didn't want this one anymore. Um, but I was touring another space in the same neighborhood. The space was grim, uh. it was horrendous. <laughs> And I was feeling a little defeated. I'm like, all right, I'm never going to find a space that fits my budget. And the realtor's like, there's one more space. It's like a little bit bigger that I could show you. It's five minutes on the road. And I'm like, OK, cool. I'll follow you. And I drove up and it was a space I saw a year before that I couldn't find.
1: Magic. Yeah. Magic. But yeah,
3: talking to the realtors, it really helps because it wasn't, I didn't come across our current unit on any of the big real estate websites. I mm-hmm. don't know why it wasn't there, but it wasn't there. Interesting. I mean,
2: would you suggest hiring a commercial real estate agent to like find a bunch of places or do you think it's fine to just kind of like poke around on Craigslist and different sites? Like what's the best route to take?
3: I think if you're going, you know, small business, really yourself bootstrap. Um, you don't need an agent. There's a lot of websites. What we did is I just found this place online and I just asked that broker, what else she got? Mm. Um Mobile banking requires
1: downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
3: Be one of two things. Either really new builds that are going to be quite expensive or smaller properties like ours that are owned by someone who owns a lot of property. So for them, it's not like these units are expensive. They just have a lot of inventory. Mm-hmm. And that's where they have a realtor. Got it. Um, but overall, a lot of the majority of the spaces I saw were represented by owner represented by tenant for sublease mm-hmm. um, i think looking at craigslist looking at loopnet those are kind of like the two places you got to look and then just to start finding and then talking to the people once you're out there viewing spaces
2: yeah i I've, I've been looking around on craigslist and have found some really great potential spaces i haven't like reached out yet cuz i'm just like i've had more yeah, i've had other priorities but mm-hmm. like once i like i'm really thinking that once the new year gets here, I'm gonna really start diving in. Six months, I'm giving myself six months. It's I also love that.
3: one of those things where it's like the more you start seeing spaces, even if it's like out of your budget, go see it anyways, because it helps you create a standard for within that context. Like we all have a standard of what we wanted for our apartments and for our homes. Yeah. But for commercials, especially if you haven't done it before, it's there's so much variance just seeing the spaces and learning. Really helps, I think. By the time I recircled and found my current, I had seen dozens, so I already knew what I wanted negotiation wise. Like, it's just like research and educating yourself on that industry, yeah. even if you can't afford it, just show up and check it
1: out. Plus, it's fun to go look at new spaces. I yeah. mean, I love shopping, it's, it's fun shopping. <laughs> um, Shanti, do you want to ask the location question?
0: Yeah, and then I, I have a, a semi follow up too of just like with. Commercial leases where all of the leases that you were looking at for two years like we all the commercial leases for two years
3: Oh, no my first lease. So we haven't moved but it was a one-year lease um,
0: mm.
3: I think Like I said the the status of the space you're in will dictate your negotiating power. I think the unit I First took because we have two studios in the same building um, our loft studios our first one's so the smaller of the two and I think it just had changed hands so many times. The landlord's a little bit fatigued and just wanted somebody in. Mm. Um, and I told him, I'm like, listen, I have never run a business before. I have this idea. I have work experience. I have, like, do pretty okay. Um, but I want to give this a go. It's an experiment. I don't know how this is going to rock. So I'm like, one year. And he's like, we don't do one year yearly. So I'm like, all right, cool. Well, if you need somebody – I'm willing to take it, but for a year. Mm. Um, I think if it was a place that was high demand, a lot of applications, right? They would skip over you. But end of day, we're talking about commercial space for a rental business. Just as you know, once I don't want my studio sitting empty. Someone comes to me with a last minute shoot, be like, "Hey, I want to shoot tomorrow. Studio's empty, but they're a little under budget." I'm way more inclined to say yes. I'm like, well, I'm either going to make money that day or not. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you have the negotiating power, you can ask for less. But if a lot of people want it, if it's popular and all these things, they're going to be like, they'll reject your offer.
2: Did you have like a business plan ready to like show these
1: these landlords like this is what you're laughing for <laughs> those at home who can't see us yeah. face just broken into pure birth Enjoy. Yeah. she's like no baby no okay no, no.
3: no. Um, and I think it's partially she had her tasty
1: videos she was pulling those up yeah, on YouTube like, it's
3: partially it's because it's just it wasn't just a rental business it was my workspace too uh, and I think I'm like, I already do this work. I already have clients. And it's almost like I need an office yeah. for the work I'm yeah. already doing mm-hmm. versus it being a brand new business with like no traction, no revenue. It's like, I'm doing this work. I'm just giving dedicated space for it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that could have helped. Yeah. Unless you probably internet stalk me too. And it's like, okay.
2: like, okay, she's good. She's fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that. But I think that's like a really interesting way to think about it is because You were already in this, you were already in the line of work that you were inclined to rent out your studio for. So you already had the contacts for that business space. And then just seeing it as an extension of your office almost feels like as prepared as you can be to be a first time like small business owner yeah, (laughs) because there's all, you know, I, I haven't done that yet. And so I'm like, I can only imagine the stuff that I would be learning in my first year of whatever business that winds up being. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know one of the biggest things, especially for a business like this where people are coming to your location to shoot is the location Hmm. um your studios are in the same building in the arts district near downtown la what's your advice in making sure you pick the right location
3: i think location correlates to your offering a lot um we're a boutique size studio one of our spaces our loft is 1400 square feet our daylight studio is 2200 compared to sound stages they're really small spaces um but from talking to clients, at least in production, as long as your space is within that 30-mile zone, production zone, they don't care where it is. I think what you need to bear in mind is the offering. We can get away with being more boutique size and you know being a smaller space because we're centrally located. If I wanted to move my studio further out, people are going to expect more amenities. They're going to expect a private parking lot. They're mm-hmm. going to expect more. So I think the offering... And the location need to, like, be in sync with each other. Mm, that's um, so smart. So, yeah, if you're in town, like, people know. It doesn't matter what planet you're from. Downtown is downtown. And people know downtown is a nightmare for parking. It's a little bit noisier and all these things. So issues that we have in operations, clients come in already ready to forgive because they know it comes with territory being downtown. Now, if you had parking issues and noise issues and we're 40 minutes outside of town – Yeah. Probably wouldn't run as
2: smoothly. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. That makes sense.
2: That makes so much sense.
1: So Fred gave us a little pop quiz before we came in here. That's when you heard us talking about leases and all that. About the basic commercial lease agreement types. And we want to know what kind of leasing agreements do you have? And is there anything anything that you would have negotiated differently in hindsight? So our lease agreement,
3: just like I told you our is or it, our lease term was first, just one year. Is it, was, it
1: gross or is it...
3: I, I believe so. Like, we don't have... we, we Our rent is our rent. Um,
1: I overheard you guys talking about so utilities.
0: About <coughs> I'm so sorry. All
1: right, okay. cool. I just took a drink of water and went down the wrong way. Oh, so say that again, my
3: bad. Um, so when it comes to who pays for what, we have a flat number for our lease. We pay what we pay every month. Um, all the utilities we have are our responsibility the only thing the landlord handles is because we're in a multi-unit building, and I feel like if we were a standalone building, this may be very different. Uh, because with commercial, you have a lot more free reign of your space, unlike your apartment. You know, we're all using command strips in our <laughs> rental, mm-hmm. you know, privately because we're like, I want to put holes in the wall. Commercial space expects you, and part of it is like, you got to make it your own. Right. you're You're changing things. People are knocking down walls, painting ceilings, like- you're really doing a lot of change. Um, our air conditioning unit in our loft studio was absolute rubbish, and you can imagine with people cooking on camera. You need I the room needs to be refrigerator cold if needed be. Um, and our current unit wasn't up to par. That cost us hours to make it what we want. Um so our thing with our landlord is he just wants a space back as he gave it to us. Mm-hmm. Whatever we do in the meantime. We can do whatever we want. Nice. Um, but when things like are broken, damaged, it depends if it's, you know, infrastructure to the building. Like if there's a if it's raining and the ceiling leaks, that's his problem. Mm-hmm. But we had a neighbor on the ground floor who got their their shop and their window was busted in and they were robbed. They're responsible for changing that window, even though it's building exterior. Oh, how they, how's that? You know, it's a great question. I'm, glad, I'm very glad we're on the second floor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what?
1: Yeah. So there's still some sneaky business underneath that, like, you can always, get Always,
3: always. But we'll, yeah, we'll call. Like, if I see, you yeah, know, there's always a month in L.A. where there's, like, crickets everywhere. If I start hearing them, I'm like, I'll, I'll email it to be, like, send an exterminator. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, if there's this overall building-related things that can affect the whole property, they'll handle but things that are unit specific, it's really like it's your space until you can't back your keys.
2: So you play you so you pay utilities. Yeah. Got it.
1: I just got really triggered by the crickets in the studio. I don't
3: know. don't <laughs> oh, no, we don't see them, but I hear.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, at nighttime
3: oh. you'll hear them. I'm like,
1: we, we know because in our studio seven for Ladylike, we had a cricket. It was the sixth member of Ladylike. We could never get Buzzfeed to get an exterminator to fucking feed. It was yeah.
2: loud. It was, it was we.
0: We'd I would have, have to stop and put videos. on the
1: cachet, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> yeah. the cri- The cricket wasn't in, wasn't in videos. You could you could hear it Hell in yeah. videos. Like we would have to stop wrong because it'd be one thing if it was like it's annoying, but we can't hear it. Then it's like okay, whatever. But like <laughs> you could hear it because at one point they were like, "Can you send us a recording and then like we can investigate?" Oh, and I was like, "I enough. will send you a recording." I was like, "Here it is. You can absolutely hear it." Still that would have been happened. on the cachet.
3: I was taught, like, maybe my second month at BuzzFeed, like, by many people, ask for forgiveness, not permission. Yeah. I would have swiped my yeah. card. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's what you needed. I'm doing you a favor. You yeah. Know? So, do you have wood floors in your studio? Speaking of BuzzFeed, after yeah. the tasty debacle, we oh. have, um, depends on the studio. Uh-huh.
3: Our daylight studio has wood floors, um, our loft studio is concrete with fake wood floors on top. So it doesn't actually do the shaking, shaking. The
1: sh- yeah. Mm. For those who are like, what? Why are the wood floors? Uh, the, b- tasty video- the Tasty Space up in L.A. had wood floors. And, like, you'd have to tiptoe around those tables because, like, people- otherwise the cameras would shake and you'd literally it'd be like an earthquake as you're stirring cheese sauce. And, of course, that would be the first place that they would take, like, external guests to come and visit. Mm-hmm. And those kids would, or those folks would never know how to, like, walk softly. I've filmed a tasty video, too, and it was
3: awful. Oh. Yeah, it was, <laughs> a, it was um, an experience. Yeah, I, you know, you've you, but you've endured life.
1: Yeah, endured no, I'm on the other side. I've lived. I've
0: lived through it. I'm fine. <laughs> All right, well, I have some follow-ups, but we will get into more details after, after the break. break. are back and chatting with chef and business owner Keanu. I want to get into some pros and cons of leasing a commercial space. Mm. Roses and thorns, mm. all of it. So let's start with the thorns. Give it to us. The thorns. Um,
3: I guess my, ours is specific to being a multi-unit building. Uh, your business is your business, but your neighbor's business is their business. And you... Like any other, you know, multi-unit rental, it can be a little bit disruptive. Mm-hmm. We've been lucky where some of our potentially noisiest neighbors are the nicest people ever and are very flexible and also are able to accommodate and work with us. Um, but when you have someone wanting to shoot a video with audio and your neighbor's sine pianos <sighs> and there's eight grand <laughs> pianos on the other side of the wall be a little bit tricky um and so that's a huge thorn and that's just part of you know being a young business the dream is always to have control
2: Mm
3: -hmm. um but especially talking about you know studios where we're recording audio there's things you can't control unless you're in the remote your own land your own plot with an internal the city of la will do construction whenever they feel like it and give you no notice i wish there was like a website where you could be like there's road work today, yeah.
2: yeah. but
3: you can have a client coming in shooting for, you know, something very important, and they're jackhammering outside the window. So that is probably the external – the world happening around you is probably our biggest disruption um, of running um, our business is just having to deal with the external unforeseen. Mm,
1: mm-hmm quickly i swear it's like clockwork if ever you're shooting something and you have five minutes left until you wrap that's when people start mowing their lawns oh yeah or Mm -hmm. like blowing their leaves oh
2: yeah airplane
1: yeah 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 helicopters yeah Yeah. you're always this close to (laughs) wrapping oh yeah
0: i was um i was directing a shoot yesterday we were at a, a a house in highland park or not yesterday last week and literally like There was construction that started like, like stirring cement, like it was like a huge truck. And so we went over there and we're like, Hey, can you give us like 20 minutes? Like we're about to go to lunch. Um, and they did it probably because they thought we were going to like slip them some money <laughs> mm. but i think we just we slipped them some snacks <laughs> Crap. there you go that works yeah. well like here's a here's a little snack basket thank you love you guys bye, bye. love yeah. you <laughs> yeah
3: it's hard it's like i think any business especially physical business it's um there's customer service involved customer service like on a high level you think is like for restaurants and like boutiques mm-hmm. and spas but it's it's all kinds of business um Production is like our primary client. We rent to people for video shoots, photo shoots primarily. Uh, It's a stressful job. We all have done it. People, um, especially when people (laughs) don't know what they're doing, Mm. Mm -hmm. the the stress is a lot higher. Um, And we really try to have our staff be level at all times. I always tell our location reps, don't meet people where they are, bring them down to like chill. Mm-hmm. For a second, um, and so it's a huge part of what we have to do and kind of challenges is knowing that we are a simple service in a pretty complicated industry. Mm. Um, and people management, even like learning the right type of location reps to hire aren't people who, you know, have a strong film background or whatever. They're people who are good the people mm-hmm. and people who have attention to detail are the ones we found to be the most successful staff for us. Um, very much if you have front desk experience, you'll probably be a better site rep than someone who went to film school. Um mm. and who knows how to like shoot things beautifully. Um, because we are very much in the business of working with people who are constantly always about to lose their shit.
0: Mm. Yeah. We don't want to like that is such a good note. Yeah. That's such a good note. We don't
1: want to discourage um, people from going into production, but that's so true.
0: <laughs> it's true, but I mean it it
3: comes down like a lot of things that You know, especially as you guys where you want to be multi-hyphenate, if your business is like your core thing, then you probably are there daily. Um, But if you have multiple interests or maybe multiple projects where this business is an extension of what you want to do, maybe it's a hub or maybe it's just like a side thing, hiring will really shake out um, how it works. But also a big learning curve is, creating systems workflows training materials for those staff that you hire so that they are set up for success so that if you're not there do they have resources there to figure it out or are you getting sos calls even when you have a 3 a.m call time client because that's a thing mm-hmm. so that's probably been our biggest learning curve um, is how do we set our, set up the operations of this business to be as stress free, as seamless, as automated, as tech forward as possible.
1: Can I ask a question? All right. So, when we were checking in through the timeline, you got you signed your leases in twenty nineteen. When did you start a- adding business partners and then staff? Like, how long did it take for you to start growing in that way? So, got my keys. September 2019. Oh, and also that was during the pandemic. Like, how did you keep right your business before, before? Like
3: right before the pandemic, I would have
1: never chosen.
3: <laughs> I would have never chosen to open a physical business during COVID. Right, um, it's just uh, I don't want to say bad timing, challenging timing. Sure. Um, so yeah, we opened, had our first clients really end of that year,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, and it's me. I was there daily. Um, even when we were closed during COVID, I was there daily working on my client projects. I was co authoring a cookbook. Um, it was when the, I realized that some of the hours could get a bit long. Because when you're doing a production, you're hiring one day shoot, three day shoot, you're that, and then you have a break. As a film location, we can go back to back. I think after things settled from COVID, people got there, you know covid workflow sorted mm-hmm. we had i think 40 something days with very few days off because people can rent weekdays weekends um between 10 and 14 hours every shoot mm-hmm. so it was very evident that i'm like oh we need like a little rotation of people who can come here so we don't die mm-hmm. i remember one yeah. i one production i actually literally had to bring a day bed from my apartment into A quarter of a studio because my body was going to collapse because the hours are so long for so many days. Um, So I think it's very much just bandwidth Mm -hmm. and the hours are so tiring. Um, But for me, Jokoni is a part of what I want to do with my career. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of my time is creating materials and ways and relooking what we're doing so it can run without my day-to-day presence
1: mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. um and that really came once we're able to open again and be a little bit more stable but our staff are are there when we have clients so we don't have people there unless something's happening right
1: cool cool wow.
0: how do you how do you work out that kind of like employment structure is it people who are kind of day players? Is it people who are salaried?
3: Yeah, it's day play. Um, almost borrowing from my retail early employment at Hollister and Abercrombie. It's just, it made, you know, as much as like those companies are like insane, the model kind of made sense where you have a roster of people who know the work, they know the space and they know what to do and kind of like jump in. Um, a lot of the people we have as site reps work in production as PAs or production coordinators. Mm. Um, for them, it's nice because you're still in the industry, but you get a sit.
2: Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> love so, a seat.
3: Yeah, it's just like a we have like a small roster and it's coordinating schedules. You know, reaching out, hey, we have these dates. Are you available? Um, and just scheduling folks in for that. Nice, nice.
2: How many people do you have on your roster
3: right now? We have three. I try to keep three at a time, especially during COVID. Someone can be sick or someone could be booked another project. There are some times where I won't book anyone and I'll just do it, especially if it's like a shorter day. Mm-hmm. Like it's not really worth it to have someone come out if it's like a last minute half day shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's a multi-day pro- project, we definitely like to have people come in. That's cool.
2: Ah, oh, you're so organized. I love this so much. Yeah. What
3: is your sign? I'm a Capricorn.
1: I knew, it, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I'm a Capricorn too. I love it. Organization
3: is really my key. I'm constantly. I have. Oh, we have one full-time staff member. Izzy. She's based in London, so she's like fully remote. She was an intern for me during COVID, and then I just I didn't know what to do with her, but I was like, you have to stay. It's the most like positive, can-do attitude about anything. Same smile. Now, as she did her first intern day on Zoom every Mm -hmm. time, Um, and she works with us on copy. Um, So our website, training manuals for staff, we'll just, you know, get on Zoom, hammer it out, um, and constantly revising. That's my day-to-day. The studio's done. I've remodeled it 80,000 times to Mm -hmm. the point where I need to stop. Um, But now the day-to-day is operations um, and creating those materials so everything can, like, run as smoothly as possible.
1: So let's talk about some of the pros of your commercial leasing space. We talked about the cons, mm-hmm. about getting into this kind of situation. What are some of the pros? And think about general work-life balance.
3: I think one of the pros, just with leasing, is it gives you room to physically experiment.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I think there's a lot of things, especially creative people, we want to do, um, but feel limited in tools, mm-hmm. resources um it's almost like i'm very into like sci-fi fantasy like how underwhelming would it be where if they went on a quest to find someone just like in their bedroom thinking which is like what i feel like a lot of creators do. We're always like thinking mm. no you gotta like show up to their workshop and it's like crazy and it's chaotic like having that physical space i think pushes you forward mm-hmm. um it helps for me It helped me actualize a lot of the things I wanted to do beyond the studio itself Mm -hmm. by having that physical space there. I'm like, I can do it now. It's here. It's real. I can touch it. People can experience it. Um, And with leasing, it gives you that window for the duration of that time to give it a go. Um, I I get very itchy. Something can only sit in my brain for so long before I need to, like, actualize it. I think that's a benefit of lease.
1: Well, also, that's... I think I heard someone say, like, uh, the best creative ideas have a shelf life. Mm. Mm-hmm. I've so never if, heard that, but it makes sense. But if you don't act on it, then they'll leave. They'll expire.
3: Yeah, I always think it's a bummer. I mean, it works for some people. You'll hear folks be like, I've been sitting on this movie idea for 12 years. I'm like, I love that for you, but how? How? But also, I think, you know, maybe some of the big, big, big things need to be there. Um, but I think it's good to have medium Mm. goals. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Medium 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 goals. goals.
3: Um, but I do think eventually if your business does well, like anything, I was, I've always thought of my business, you know, as a creative thing or a creative studio until my mom works in finance. One of her friends came over, came by Jaconi. He's like, Oh, love that you're in real estate now. I'm like. I'm sorry. I'm an artist, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no. He's like, I, he's like, I heard the business. This is a real estate business. You have a property. You have a that you lease out to people. I'm like, oh my god, I work in real
2: estate. I do work in real estate, but
3: I would never articulated that yeah. real estate of artists. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's still that. So I think what I've been learning is, you know, if the real estate is going to be so core to your business type it makes sense to one day aspire to own a commercial building. Whether that idea has a shelf life, maybe you want to pivot away from it. I think it could be a huge regret to one day look back and see all that money because the rent is our biggest overhead, just fizzles into nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the natural next stage after testing the business, building the clientele is figuring out all right how do we own property. Mm
2: -hmm. i was gonna ask what the next step is that is exciting because i also too like before doing a bunch of research or even talking to you i thought that really the only route was owning and i was like looking at spaces to buy and i was like oh this is never gonna happen for me i was like oh my gosh this is you know 700 800 you know millions of dollars and i was like i don't i'm like how do people do this and then i'm like oh wait okay there's a landlord they lease and then people also then sub there's like lots of Leasing tears. I feel like it can be even like, how many are you able to like? I know you can. You sub. You're subleasing one of your spaces, correct? Yeah,
3: we. um, Our loft is our first studio space, and there's a unit next door to it that the realtor told us was sitting empty forever because it had no windows. And at the time, I needed a green room and like extra stuff, so we had it um, before we moved into our daylight studio. Um, so that place became redundant, and we subleased to one of our neighbors in the building. Um, oh, I love that. Wow. Yes. I'm not trying to find people off the streets because the problem is <laughs> the sublease, you're responsible for the rent. Like I still pay my landlord my full rent, and they sure. pay me. Um, these guys have been in our building since 2014. They're reliable. They mm-hmm. ain't going nowhere. They're yeah. family-run business. Um, a lot of people come in with great ideas, and I— they can kind of drop it at a minute and with a sublease there unless you have the legal to hunt them down right it's a little shaky so i would only sublease to like a well-established like the neighbors were perfect and i'm glad
1: we're able to help them get a bigger space too because they were they were squeezed yeah Mm. any last minute pieces of advice for young fred as she embarks on this journey This is, honestly, this is, I knew you wanted to do commercial leasing and look into it, but this is the first time I've heard you set down dates, which is very exciting. I know. Timelines. Ooh. I think the
3: part that was helpful for us, because the biggest expense people think of, like, the rent, the rent, the rent, the outfitting is...
1: Wow. Making it pretty. Is that what you mean? Mm Yeah.
3: Fixing the space, getting up to par. Like, one of our bathrooms... Had like a plastic art basin in it, like a really old, gross one instead of a real sink. Mm -hmm. And so we had to invest a lot in like making the studio look like somewhere that people want to spend money on. Mm -hmm. That's a hard part about especially being in commercial rental. Um, The space itself needs to look good and that's where you're really going to put your money. Mm -hmm. But paint will carry you a long way. And lighting, maybe lighting. Yeah, it's like look at those like small things that aren't maybe high cost but really transform a space first. Yeah, you can always add the first studio I had was DIY to the nines, and I was I hadn't diy anything in my life.
2: Well, you said that outfitting these spaces really kind of tapped into your like low key passion of just like interior design and like making spaces look pretty.
3: Oh, yeah, I. Fully, my love for producing um, is like a star that's millions of years old that is slowly dying. You know, it's not. Oh, whoa! Doesn't burn as bright. Like
1: I think. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. We love that. That was yeah. It's been been
3: replaced by space design. Um, It's such a fun challenge looking at an empty room and materializing and being in the. Constraints of this is for filming. We need to look like somewhere, but be flexible enough to look like what other else. people need. Yeah, it's so much fun, and I think I love food. Food is my love, and food is why I work in food media. I don't make cooking videos because I love video. I love it's the cooking for me. Um, the videos is just a tool, um, and the kitchen is now the space. And so, I think interior is gonna hopefully take a more prevalent part of my life. Um, I'll produce for me.
0: Mm -hmm. and maybe you
3: know a few key projects but i think as far as like my core identity of like what do i do for work um i've always said i'm in the business of colon education right now i do it through the medium of video because that's how we're all receiving things um but i think the space spaces are i
2: feel you
1: i love on
2: potent i love design design Anything involving any inkling of HGTV, I am on it. I love it. It is so much fun. So that is one of the biggest things that I'm looking forward to is, like, finding a space that has amazing potential and then being able to, like, flip it and transform it into a space that I think really represents, like, me and the type of clientele that I want to draw in, Mm -hmm. you know?
3: It also makes traveling, like, way more fun because, like, what you're interested in and what you're doing day to day, like, you know, shifts the way you see the world because the world is... Designed so vastly differently. The moment we start nerding out on like spaces, everything becomes interesting to you. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never be bored. Yeah. Like wow, look at that trim on that ceiling corner. Like you see
1: everything. <laughs> everything. You have to. That's amazing. To. Oh, this was great. Also, I love finding out that you're a Capricorn. That that was wonderful. Oh, highlight a highlight for you. I'm a, I'm a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when's your birthday? Happy early birthday. January fourth. Okay. Okay, coming up. I'm December 23rd. Ah, oh, December so the, Capricorn. Yeah, but, I don't know many of those. We're crazy. We're cuz we're on the fiery cusp. We're a
3: little inside. All the Capricorns I know are January caps. Yeah, yeah. That's
1: true. Actually, same for mm-hmm. me. I mean, maybe Mike maybe, Rose. Be, yeah. Like, and they're a little bit more stable. Yeah. <laughs> mhm.
0: Mhm. It's fine. Devin, Devin is one in a million. Oh, she <laughs> We love it. Uh, well, Kiano, thank you so much for for coming and chatting with us. And I mean, Jaconi, like I hope you feel so so proud of what you've created. It's like your studio; it's pristine, it's beautiful, it's it's everything that you want a studio to be. And it's very apparent that you've taken such such care and such pride in creating this this truly like premium and deluxe feeling space. It it it's amazing.
3: That's
1: so nice. Thank you. It's and true. As, a, as a filmmaker you notice when you come in, you're like, oh thank God, I don't have to worry about this. Oh, yeah. they've got yes. tables. Oh, they have this. And that's what Chantal was talking about before you came mm-hmm. in. Oh,
3: I thank you. I mean it means a lot, but like I said, I came in knowing and knew what I knew. Um I tell people BuzzFeed is a little bit of a or it was, I don't know how it is now, but wild west. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks learning as we go, but it's our clients it's listening to people seeing what they have seeing what they're asking us for and trying to you know set lean startup mode take what mm-hmm. they're t- giving us try to see what makes sense and put it back in and hear that feedback so thank you
1: so where can people find absolutely. you absolutely i'll say that again where can people find you
3: uh the interwebs mm-hmm. per usual um our studio, jaconi studios on all things and then i'm kiana moju on all things Amazing. Love
2: it. And what's coming up? Do you have a cookbook coming mm. up or is that oh, yeah. or am I am I spilling uh,
3: confidential tea? Oh, not confidential. Speaking of, so that's what I'm usually working on now. Um, I have my cookbook with Simon & Schuster called <gasps> Africa.
2: Oh, my God. Ooh, I didn't know that was the title. I'm obsessed. Yeah,
3: Afri-Cali. Um, you got to, you know, put it in your digital diary because it is going to be out spring 24. We got a little bit of time.
2: Okay. Okay. All right. Look out for Africa, y'all. Thank you so much, Keanu. Thank you. Thank you. And come by the studio, taste test. That's the whole fun
3: oh. part of the cookbook,
1: you know? You twist my arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my God. I'm so inspired. Yeah. I. I- you,
2: me, I'm like ready to go home right now and hop on the computer and start looking at spaces again. Like
1: well, You better put them in the group chat because, you know, I love looking at apartments uh, oh, yes. and like stuff like that. I
2: mean, let's circle. I mean, Devin found me my house. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Ah, so Hilarious. I will be dropping them in the chat. Absolutely.
1: OK, <laughs> I'm seeing hue lights. I'm seeing like iPad hookups.
2: Oh, yes. I'm okay. seeing
1: all the state of the art, everything.
0: Very tech forward.
1: Cute Instagram spaces.
0: Lots of Instagram spaces.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm seeing coves. I'm seeing built-ins. Ooh. I'm seeing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like f- lots of flex, lots of flex. Lots of flex. Yeah. Lots, lots of flex. 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 Lots of
1: built-in places for lighting up
0: yeah. top. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, my God. I love this. Let's it. Cool seating
0: options. Yes.
1: Maybe I get married there.
0: <gasps> Wait a minute.
1: <gasps> Hold on.
2: Oh, I just got so excited.
1: Wow. Wow. Y- we have to.
2: Yeah. We have to. Okay, keeping that in mind while I shop. All right. Well, this it <laughs> work for Devin's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> you just start FaceTiming
1: me. I'm, like, hey, I'm here.
0: What you do you think? think? <laughs> <laughs> it's my first big booking. <laughs> All right, y'all. I mean, yeah. Hell yeah. Why not?
1: Um. So... Little life updates for y'all. Money Honey's is going on a little hiatus for the holiday season.
2: Yes, we will be back at some point in 2023. Going to be making some shifts, going to be making some slight changes. Um TBD, but we will be back
1: cuz we still love money. We still like talking about money.
2: And we're still sweet as honey. <gasps> oh. oh, wow.
0: Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs>
1: goodness gracious
0: Uh, so stick around for all the latest money tea in 2023 follow us on
1: Instagram we're still going to be posting and uh, we'll let you know where we're at after 2023 thank y'all so much for being supportive and
2: tapping into our podcast in 2022 y'all have made this so fun for us and we want to keep giving y'all some dope stuff next year so thank you again
0: bye bye
2: (laughs)